Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. FRESH is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology platform that enables managers or their companies to offer personalized employment. Our guest today is Danielle Farage. Danielle is a workplace futurist. She's a community builder for future of work innovators, the director of growth and marketing at CAFE, a recent Y Combinator company, and a voice for Gen Z. She's currently authoring a book on values-based job seeking. Danielle, so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I'm very excited. I um, always enjoy our conversations and I'm looking forward to your answers for this show today. With that, we're gonna jump right in and it is time to get fresh. Danielle, how do you define the future of work? Wow, that's a huge question. I think the future of work is all about people. And it's interesting, I went to University of Southern California and when I got there, I started asking people around me, why? Why are you studying what you're studying? Um, and I often didn't get the answer that I expected or one that surprised me in the same way. And it's ironic, but I, it was usually, oh, my parents studied this or, oh, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about my whole life and it's supposed to be a really one track path and I'll be successful. And then, you know, there were the occasional... <laughs> I'll go do consulting for two years and then figure out what I want to do. And what I saw was an opportunity for myself to use the four years of college to really define and differentiate my own path. And the problem that I actually saw in the world was that most people in a boardroom making decisions about people didn't understand people from a psychological perspective. So I decided to go into psychology and I studied social sciences and minored in entrepreneurship. And really with this general thesis of, I want to create a better world where people are empowered by the knowledge and tools to become the best versions of themselves and therefore be fulfilled both at work and beyond. And so I define the future of work as one that is centered around the human experience, one that is people focused and is aimed at creating the best situation for any person and giving them the tools to become their strongest self. I um, admire the fact that as such a young person in college, you were able to kind of see this insight and understand that like, whoa, there's a really big disconnect here from the way that corporations are working and from what people really need. 
I can't say that when I was an undergrad, I would have had that type of, I, I certainly didn't. I just, you know, I, I, I'm super impressed that you were able to see that and then shape your path forward as a result and, and really become this, this workplace futurist that you are thinking about how is it, how can we shape it in a better way and how can, can people be more themselves or their the best version of themselves at work. So that's, it's really beautiful. And um, I am uh, just very inspired by your, your passion. Thank you. I, I can't take all the credit. I did watch both my siblings make mistakes and go through corporate life, uh, rather suffer through it. <laughs> uh, the, be- the benefit <laughs> of being the younger sibling. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what oh, it was. Nice. Nice. Okay. So Um, dream even bigger than you already do for a moment and assume you can just snap your fingers and whatever this wish is becomes real and, and living, breathing in our working world. What is one thing you want to personally see change about work life today? Mm. I think that work has always been something that we build our lives around and sometimes even forget to live our lives for that reason. And so I think the biggest shift that will spark other things and other movements in a, in a positive direction is one where work is something that we factor into our lives rather than building our lives around. And I think that what goes along with that and the, the end result will be that people will have more respect and will also be more respected regarding how they choose to live their lives and how other people live their lives. And that's something that is fueled by fulfillment and this sort of gratitude and empathy that I think is lacking because people are unhappy. So you know, the more that we give people the opportunity to build their lives really and, and factor work into it, uh, the, the better outcomes we'll have, not just in the workplace, right? More productivity, uh, more happiness, better retention, uh, more alignment values-wise and, and beyond. Um, but it's also in the greater picture, like you said, dreaming big, I think it will have a really, really positive impact on greater society and people will be, not only will they have more time to give, but they will have more willingness to do mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah. How do you see it playing out? Do you think that that what work is today, like this 40 hour a week, 52 weeks a year, maybe you get a couple weeks of vacation. Do you think that that's good? in this dream big, is that totally gone? And people are saying, I want to work 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Like what, what might it look like? Yeah. Um, so what I see happening now is companies, uh, you know, the innovative ones are surveying their employees and they're trying to get to the bottom of what do you want your life to look like and how do you want work to factor into it? How would you like to work ideally? And when I say like the most innovative companies are doing that, it's because 65% of leaders reported 
not having those conversations with their employees. So when you're trying to create the future of work, like you really have to do, like you really have to factor people into the equation. Um, and so what I think that that leads to then is people will, you know, these cultures will be defined by the people who currently work there. But as we know, there is a very short employee life cycle today. I think for, for Gen Z or millennials, it's like two years or something that we stay at a company. So because of that, I imagine the next step is people, you know, these cultures being established and then people finding the right cultures for them based on the lifestyle that the culture is able to grant them. And people will all, we all find, right, the right culture and will base probably their studies and maybe their studies around around that, around what type of life do you really want to create? I, and I think that's just never been a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how that really works. But essentially, end result is like, people go out and seek out the companies that give them the right lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think maybe there's been aspects of that thus far, um, where, you know, maybe some people go, decide they want to become teachers because they want summers off and they want uh, certain hours, uh, working hours, or people go into investment banking because, you know, money is a big priority. That's something they really value. And so it, to an extent, I think the cultures and the values, um, have been part of the, the self-selection so far, but I think what you're saying is we're going to take it even further next and almost reshape altogether how people, make those decisions, how people are choosing the companies that they're working with. And companies, you know, my my selfish hope is that companies will say, we want to we want to keep people longer and we want to just meet them where they are as their priorities and lives evolve. Really fascinating to think about the different ways that this could start to take shape over over the next um, handful of years. So thank you for sharing. And unfortunately, we can't snap our fingers and have it all be ready today. So we'll get there, though. I am confident in that. All right. My next question for you is in, in thinking about fresh takes. So freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Which of these values do you see as the most pressing right now um, while we're thinking about future of work and that evolving employer-employee dynamic? I think that I'm hearing a lot of my friends go back to the office and hearing their stories. And what I see happening is people are going to the office with some sort of expectation of, wow, it's going to be great. I'm going to see people I haven't seen in a long time. And it's, you know, we're going to work in the office together and we're going to collaborate and have a lot of fun but the reality often is very different and it can be you know 10 percent of people come into the office on a given day or it can be maybe one percent and it's sort of this mixed bag and you don't really know what to expect and I think that organizations that sort of force people to come back um, don't 
understand that people want a reason to come to the office. And so I, I think that we need to look for new ways to connect people, to bring them together on their terms, right? Offering the office as a perk is very different from saying you have to come into the office. Uh, so, and at the end of the day, we obviously know that talent have options and sooner or later people are going to claim the life that they want for themselves. And because of that, we do have to cater to people's needs, right? And, and honestly, that's the way that it should be. Uh, that's the way that, you know, companies grow and, and culture thrives is when, we're, when we come together, creating those social moments where they count. We want our time to be used effectively. Otherwise we might feel disrespected or confused or this sort of disappointed. So I think the biggest factor for me is freedom. Freedom to use the office how you want, to not have to book a desk and be confined to that for the day, but true hybridity happens when people can create their favorite blend for hybrid work, what works for them and, and their lifestyle, especially after the almost two years that we've had, I think people are really searching for what works for them versus trying to change themselves, which I think Gen Z is bringing to the conversation. I saw a New York Times article that came out today. It might've been the Wall Street Journal actually, where people are now saying they're afraid of Gen Z because they sort we sort of just roll our eyes at norms that we don't really agree with and don't make sense to us. And we, we won't hold back, I, I don't think. <laughs> I love the boldness of Gen Z. Talk a little bit more about like, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that that's a characteristic of, of the Gen Z generation? Yeah, I, I think Gen Z is a little bit misunderstood. I think we're definitely headstrong in our beliefs and we don't want to be boxed in to someone else's standards or expectations for what we should be. Um, and I think that we actually need more guidance than we're willing to let on. And obviously a lot of us graduated during the pandemic and those of us in the workforce, I think there was only one graduating class that had been at work prior to the pandemic. So I think we do need guidance. We do need a helping hand. And it's almost like we, we don't want the old ways. We want new ways that cater to us and to who we are today rather than trying to change who we are and become someone else to fit into someone else's box. So we're sort of trying to redefine the way that we work and social norms in the workplace. But I don't think that there's a mechanism yet to help us get there. And that's really the work that I'm trying to do is because I'm not at a big corporate company, because I'm sort of this external person and personality and creator, I'm trying to create that space um, to talk about the things that we want to talk about, right? And, and just like the fact that Gen Z wants, you know, to be able to work from anywhere for three months and for that 
to be okay with other people in the office, for that to be respected and for leaders to set that precedent. But just bringing that up in conversation is really hard. So yeah, the more that we can sort of create more of a voice for Gen Z, I think the better. Yeah, and it's it sounds like freedom is a critical value for Gen Z. What will be interesting is pairing that with like when you're when you're just getting started in your career, you need people that are going to teach you and show you the things that they have learned. Kind of that's the process. That's I can I can think back to the all the value I got from the people who I learned from, whether I was learning the right things to do or the wrong things to do. You're learning by being connected with with others that have gone before. So balancing that freedom of choice and to be yourself and find your core strengths while also learning and and having that you know sometimes it's vulnerable or humbling to be like okay i just don't know how to do this i need someone to teach me or show me the way creating space for gen z to be comfortable saying that while at the same time they're saying and i want to learn it while i'm sitting in europe and working from there yeah as an example yeah exactly and and freedom really means checking in with, for the managers, right? And checking in with people's priorities and giving them the freedom to choose, well, if these are your priorities, I'm gonna give you the flexibility of you know, working from anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, great segue because my next question is about managers. How do you think managers can best navigate the months ahead? And feel free to answer the question kind of overall, generally, or, or specific to Gen Z, if you have a point of view there. Yeah, so I think overall, and I briefly just touched on this, but yeah. speaking to your employees, speaking to your team members, staying connected, you know, earlier in the year, the narrative was all about how to optimize your time and how to cut out unnecessary meetings and restructure. And this was sort of before hybrid. And while I totally agree with cutting out unnecessary meetings, I think that there should be more emphasis on when we come together, how do we come together and how do we make it the most valuable for everyone here? And the only way that you can really do that is by managers being human-centric, always checking in and thinking about and asking, where are you in your life? What are your priorities? And making sure that you're providing that, that you're catering to that, and then communicating that to external leaders and saying, well, you know, if, if another manager that you work closely with, right, has an entry-level person on their team, how can we not only put those two people together if they have shared interests and they're interested in meeting people their age, but how do we create even more value by thinking about their priorities, right? An example would be career advancement or mentorship, and not just any mentorship, but mentorship that really aligns with your values. And factoring in, right, the, the values alignment in into the programming that you're creating for different groups of people. And I, even though I talk about Gen Z, right, I don't really mean to just talk about Gen Z. It's more of like 
a way to capture the, the stage of life that we're in. And I think that the more that we talk about, you know, priorities centric leadership and human centric leadership, the better we're going to be able to actually lead people and give them what they want and, and also retain for, for the long, the long haul, right? Because if people know that you care about them now and that you give them what they need, or you communicate that maybe you can't give them what they need right now, but it's in the roadmap, then you'll earn their trust. And I think that over the period of time, you know, in the past two years, people have really been lacking that trust and leaders haven't been able to provide the security or the confidence because at the end of the day, leaders are just leaders. Like they're, they're, they're just people and there's just been a lot of uncertainty. So I think people are, are really looking for work to fulfill them. Um, I think people are looking for meaningful values driven, purposeful work. And I think that they are looking for things that really serve them. Uh, in the long run and and companies that have this more human centric approach to leadership and where they can also find community people droves of people who are in the same boat as them and who they can relate to and have the same story um, i'm glad you brought up the community piece especially considering your expertise and that that was coming to mind for me as you were sharing you know, maybe one manager has someone on their team and someone, another manager has someone else on their team. Why not connect them? Like creating even those sub communities within organizations can be, you know, peer to peer mentorship or just like kind of aligning to better provide feedback to their company overall. So um, love the community aspect of that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll be actually writing a, I'm in the works of writing a piece on, how to think about community as it relates to in, internally at organizations. So how do you build community internally? Uh, and I actually am writing another piece on, it's called um, From Cryptos to Corporate. So how, how can we that. learn? <laughs> how can we learn from the NFT and crypto community about community and how to sort of translate that to the corporate world? Oh, awesome. That's going to be a good one. Can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat for that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have I have one more question for you, Danielle. So um, if you had to name one company that you currently admire for their fresh take, who would you say? What would you, what, who would you call out? Yeah, I, can it be a person? Sure. Okay. So there's this woman named Nellie Hayat. She is a workplace leader and expert. And she, right now she's, um, work, she just got a new job and I won't say the name of the company, but um, she's doing a lot of work around sort of hybrid and reimagining the workplace. How can you make the place of work is somewhere that everyone wants to, to come and somewhere that provides whatever people are seeking. She brought up this 365 event strategy uh, in, in her podcast, and she talks about sort of having an event every day 
so that people have something to look forward to, right? And and creating a space that people really do want to go into. Um, and it's you know it's it's so crazy to me to think that every day in you know 2019 office life it was like every day you go to the office it would be the same thing maybe there would be a birthday celebration on friday or someone is pregnant and we're celebrating them but at the end of the day there wasn't much change so i love this idea of just like we have the changing of seasons why don't we have like the same impact of, of the workplace where it's constantly changing evolving we have something to look forward to i just think just think that's a, a beautiful idea and one that i would love to see come to fruition one day yeah I, that's definitely a fresh take i like the almost creating a bright spot in each day that could be like a 15 minute little pop-up celebration for something or recognition for someone else or my mind goes to ways to do that in quick bursts, not like big events every day that are time consuming right. to plan and build, but um, creating space each day for something unique to happen. That is the thing you go home and talk about. They're like, oh, right. listen to this thing that we did today, or this was so cool. Uh, that's really, really nice. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to have to check her out and certainly appreciate I'm sure that her fresh take could be embedded in any number of companies moving forward. Definitely. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for sharing all of your perspectives today about the future of work. I look forward to checking back in at some point in the future and hearing how your, uh, your book is coming along and other pieces that you're writing and, and certainly will continue to follow your thought leadership in, in terms of Gen Z and, and otherwise uh, about how the future of work is going to take shape. Thank you. To, to everyone else, thank you so much for listening in and don't forget to stay fresh.